there are uh, so many things that go through my mind as I was thinking about just this whole time together, knowing that, as Mike has already said, it's the International Day of Prayer for the persecuted church. And, uh, and tying this all together and trying to think about that and, and the importance of it and all that God is doing. One of the things came to my mind as I was beginning to prepare. This happened this year. Ann and I, my wife and I, decided it was time to clean out the house a little bit. And you know how that goes, you know, so that some of the things from the basement and some of the things from the attic, and these are all things that at one point we thought, these are really important things. And then we looked at them and we said, we thought this was important. Why did we keep this? I mean, I'll tell you one thing, just one out of many. Somebody gave us many years ago a replica of a Japanese samurai helmet. Good stuff. Well, I don't know why we kept it. You know, and, and so, you know, we did the yard sale and I've got a few things on let go and all that stuff. You know what? It, it came to my mind here again, just thinking, we as Americans, and I suppose lots of places around, we hang on to things, don't we? That don't always seem to matter. I mean, when you really look at it. And when I think about, when I start reading about people around the world, people who love the Lord, people who are dear brothers and sisters in the Lord, that, that in their whole mind, they have some things, I suppose. But you know, when you read what they say and how God is working in their life, they're not nearly as concerned about the things they have or even their family as important as it might be, what their real concern and what their real interest and where they really want to invest their lives is in Jesus and who he is because of everything that he has done for them. Uh, to, to remember all the goodness of what God has done and carry them through in their life. And I, I think what we're going to look at here, I think it ties into what Pastor Mark has started to do with his series about Key of Promise. I, I think as we look at these things, it, it is there absolutely. Remember a couple of weeks ago even, uh, he, he shared there from Hebrews where, where the writer reminds us that God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And then last week from uh, Isaiah 41, and uh, there the, the verse says, uh, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And those things, those truths, the promises of God to us, and the thing that we're going to look at today, I believe, are also one of the promises of God as we are able to stand. What I'm going to look at here is really from the book of Revelation. Uh, as, as John writes there what uh, God has shown him and the things that are going on, as, and how they relate to the, the followers of Jesus during this time and how it helps them overcome and how it helps them be able to stand strong. Now, I want you to understand, I, I believe that you look at the context of a passage and the context of this one is that it is something that is happening in the future. This happens, this passage right here is during the time of the great tribulation. That is the context. This is something that is going to happen. But I believe the principles we're looking at, three simple things, are things that we can find all the way through Scripture, and we'll look at some of those quickly. But as 
as we look at the passage, it is a time when, uh, during the Great Tribulation, it is a time when Satan has been cast out of heaven. He's called the accuser. And then this is what is said about them. This is found in Revelation 12, verse 1. I believe it's up here on the board. See, he says this. They, that is those who have come to faith in Christ, during this time they overcame him, that is Satan, the accuser uh, that he's called here. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Three simple principles we want to look at found in this verse. The first one I would say this is just remembering the provision of salvation. Now these things are, again, so that they are able to stand, so they overcome the evil one, so that as they stand before a world that is evil and is hard, they have these things as their resources. The provision of salvation. He talks here, he uses the term the blood of the lamb. When you look at the book of Revelation, it, it really talks about the lamb an awfully lot. The lamb is, the, is Christ. There is Satan. There is the beast. There is all that that goes on. There's a great war between the two. The, the lamb is introduced, first of all, as the lamb who appears as though he's been slain. I mean, that's what has happened. It is a picture. It is Jesus. That's who it is. And in fact, in, in Revelation 5, where it, some of that begins, 5 verse 9, and they sang a new song, you are worthy to take the scroll, talking about the lamb, that uh, uh, looking as it had been slain, uh, you were able to open the seals because you were slain. And then it says this, and with your blood, you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. That's what the lamb did. He gave himself. He shed his blood. He purchased men and women for God. Jesus talks about that again earlier in, in the book of Mark. As he's talking there with people, he reminds people that uh, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's what he did. You see, the provision of salvation starts with the sacrificial death of the Lamb for us. The sacrificial death um, for us. You see, the reason that had to happen, and we've heard this before, but we, but we need to remember it. That death had to happen because the Bible declares that we, apart from Christ, were spiritually dead. I mean, we are dead, dead, dead. There's no little spark of divinity in us that somehow makes God like us more or anything like that. The Bible says we are spiritually dead. The Bible goes on to say in another place that uh, we were the enemies of God. Not that God didn't like us, but that we didn't want anything to do with God. We hated him. We wanted our own way. That's our condition apart from Christ. We're dead in our sins. We are the enemies of God. And because of that, we have no hope in ourselves at all. And so the good news is this, as we stand firm remembering the provision of salvation is the blood of the Lamb. Jesus himself paid the penalty of that, of that sin. He paid your penalty. He paid my penalty. That's what he did. He did that, and along with it, 
then he also gives us eternal life. He forgives our sins absolutely, and he gives us his life. And that life is given to us is not anything we do. It's salvation by faith, by just believing what God has said. There are people around the world, there are all sorts of uh, even religions and ideologies and everything that think somehow, somehow if I do enough good, if I do enough good things to my fellow man and everything else, somehow, maybe, maybe God will like me. Maybe then God will accept me into heaven. That's not what the Scripture says at all. The Scripture says that it is very simply by faith, apart from works, that we come to God. It is all the work of God. We are saved by grace, the Bible says. Nothing that we do. It is all of God. And that is what we stand on. That is where we stand firm because of the blood of the Lamb, because of what He's done. It is not about us at all. It is about what Christ did for us. And so in that, now then we are alive in Christ. We've become the friend of God. He calls us that. We are the children of God by faith. And now we have great hope and confidence because of who he is. The provision of salvation. And and as John hears this and as he hears what's being said, the relay this, they have overcome him by the blood of the lamb. That's where we stand, first of all, because of what Christ has done. For us. I'm going to add one thing here. I'm not sure it's completely in the context here, but it is in the whole context of salvation. And I think it relates here to the whole situation. And that is, this comes about, this, this provision of salvation, it is the sacrifice for us, it is eternal life, and it also is just showing God's perfect love for us. You know the verse as well as I do, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but should have eternal life. That's God's love for us. The Bible declares absolutely that he wants us to come to repentance. The love that he gives us is without condition. There are no strings attached to it. He loves us absolutely. The scriptures talk about a perfect love that casts out fear. It is the deep, deep love of God in which we can stand because of the blood of the Lamb, because of God's great love for us. Now, I mention that because in the whole thing here, uh, Satan is a picture here, and I want you to understand something's very true in helping us overcome, helping stand. This perfect sort of love is totally apart from the character and nature of Satan. He does not understand it. He cannot overcome it. And he is completely defeated by it. That is the reason we can stand. Is because of the blood of the Lamb. That's the first thing. The provision of salvation. The second one here. The powerful words of testimony. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Talking here especially, the idea is just speaking, proclaiming, saying out loud, saying what is there. 
And, and again, you look at it and you would say, well, probably what he's talking about here, first of all, is just speaking God's words of grace and salvation, of what he's provided for us, about you personally, what he has done in your heart, what he has done in your life. You're, you're making it a personal thing and you're telling people, this is what is true. This is what is true about me. This is what the blood of the lamb does. This is what the blood of the lamb does, not just for me, but for all of mankind. That he provides a way for us all to have our sins forgiven and life in Christ. We proclaim that. We, we tell it every way we can about what he's done. The example I thought of is, is found in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4, and here what the whole circumstance is this, that Peter and John were going on the way to the temple, and on the way, by the Spirit and the power of God, they did a great miracle. And, and people were up in an uproar, and, and they were pointing there and saying, what's going on? And, and the Sanhedrin, the, the leaders of the whole Jewish economy there, got wind of it. These are the same people that a few weeks before had cried out about Jesus, crucify him. These same people, they now have Peter and John and they throw them in prison and for the next day they come before them and the question they ask Peter and John, by whose power do you do this? And Peter says this in uh, Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Those are the words. That's the word of testimony. That's the speaking and proclaiming of what God has done in his life and in the life of others. Uh, speaking that which you know and what you know has happened is hard for people to refute. People may argue with you about whether the Bible is true or not. It is. People may argue with you about what certain things may be true about uh, what you proclaim as truth and reality from the Scriptures. But they have a very hard time standing against what just your words are about what God has done in you. Your words of testimony. Your words of proclaiming the truth of God. Along with that is speaking about God's work in you. Not only what he has done in grace and salvation, but what he has done in you. The reality of a changed life. I mean, that is a marvelous thing and, and what we can declare in, in the book of John. Uh, there is the event where Jesus heals a man who had been born blind. He heals him on a Sabbath and it causes a lot of uproar and furor again among the leaders and they're trying to attack Jesus and they finally come to the guy who had been healed and they said, tell us about this man. Is he a sinner or not? And the man says, and this is John 9, 25, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know, but this I know. Once I was blind, but now I see. Yeah, yeah. Telling what God has done for us, telling the reality of Christ in us, the changed life, the things that he has done. And as you begin to think, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you know Jesus, you can begin to think in your life. You can begin to think in your mind, the things that God has done for you. 
and the people that Beth has talked about, maybe the Spirit of God put in your mind, you can declare those things. That's the powerful word of testimony. And the last one, sticking with P's here, the perspective of perseverance. Here it says the last part. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Again, understand the the context here is that these are people living in what we would call the Great Tribulation. They have come to faith in Christ. They're going through some horrible things. They are being persecuted. They are being put to death. Horrible, horrible things are happening. And he says this, remember, remember, this is your standing. This is your overcoming because you didn't love your lives so much as to shrink from death. A couple of things there. First of all, life is not to be your first love. I mean, I love life. Don't you? I mean, there's a lot of good in the things that we do. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of value. There's a lot of great things about life. But it is never to be worshiped. Life is a gift from God. But it should never, it should never be held on to at the point where I want to live so much that I'm willing to disown or disavow God and Jesus. And that's what he's saying here. These people have not held on to life that way. The, the Ephesian church, as in the book of Revelation, again, right at the beginning, he was writing to them. In the book of the, the church at Ephesus had done so many good things. But then he says, but this I have against you. You have left your first love. And what they're talking about, they began to focus just on themselves. It's that same thing. Your first love is not yourself. Your first love is not life. He says here, these people have the perspective. They understand. Death is not their greatest fear. I mean, they remember and look at things, and I think it's true for all of us, that we look at life from an eternal perspective. What we live here and however much time we have here on this earth is a minuscule amount of eternity. And wise people and people who want to follow the Lord with deep hearts understand and want to live in light of eternity. And I think that's what he is saying here. They understand death is not their greatest fear. They don't hold on to life so much as to declare that they don't know or love God. Peter, again, in in Acts chapter 12, he was in prison again. This time, James had already been put to death, and Peter was going to be put to death the next morning. And as you read in Acts chapter 12 there, you know what Peter was doing that night? Sleeping. (laughs) He wasn't concerned. I mean, he, he was in this impression. Life is not to be held on to at any cost. Death is not my greatest enemy. God delivered him at that point. Paul understood that. Paul, who had gone through so many different things, he'd been beaten, he'd been left for dead. And he writes to the Corinthians, keeping this in mind because of the power of of the cross. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The provision of salvation the powerful words of testimony, having the perspective of perseverance, all these things, helping us to stand all the way through the Scriptures. I've used some, Peter and John before the Sanhedrin, Peter in prison. Think about this. How about Stephen? 
standing before the crowds of people and proclaiming Jesus boldly to the point they killed him. Or how about uh, Paul and Silas in prison? There they were beaten, they were thrown in prison, back in the farthest part, in shackles, lifting their hands and their hearts before the Lord. You see, these people, and as you look at other places in Scripture and outside of Scripture, where people understand that they want to hold fast, they want to hold firm, they want to stand for Christ. I have a short little video here. It's the story of Sang Chul, I think is how you say his name, from North Korea. You'll see that that fits in, the whole story there, and then we'll come back together just for a quick closing. In the primary school, we were taught that all missionaries were terrorists. They told us that a missionary will be nice to you at first, but when they get you into their homes, then they will kill you and eat your liver. There was no food and no work in my village. Like some others, I snuck across the mountain border into China. I picked mushrooms in the hopes of selling them in Chiang Mai. I don't speak Chinese at all. But in the mountains, I met a man. He said, I can sell those for you. And he didn't cheat me. He gave me all the money from the sale. At that time, I didn't know he was Pastor Han. Over the next two years, I went back several times. Each time, Pastor Han helped me. One day, I asked why he would do this for he himself was in great danger for assisting a North Korean. It is because I am a Christian, he said. That made me afraid. Was he going to eat my liver? <laughs> One day, Pastor Han said to me, God is real. There is hope for every person. I could not believe he would say that word, God. Nobody says that word. We know it is an act of treason. To speak the name of God can lead to soldiers coming in the night. There will be no trial. No journalists will write about you, and no one will ever dare ask where you have gone. 
하루는 One day I ask Pastor Han for a Bible. He knew that if I was caught with a Bible, my life would be in danger. But over time, I persuaded him. I showed the Bible to my wife. At first, she refused to even look at it. Why would you bring that here? She cried. She knew that if anyone reported that you had even glanced at a Bible, you would be arrested, and not just you. You and all your relatives sent to the concentration camps for years and years and years. 시간이 지나면서 제 Over time, my wife too learned that God is real. She found hope. And then I shared the word of God with my best friend. It was very dangerous for me to share. It was very dangerous for him to listen. In the summer of 2016, we heard that some North Korean assassins were being honored by the government, rewarded for their good work for killing a terrorist missionary in Changbai. We knew it was Pastor Han. Who else could it be? We, we were frightened. Did they know he was my friend? Did they know I had met with him many times? Pastor Han gave his life, but he gave hope to me and to many other North Koreans. And despite the ever-present danger, Many of us will continue to share the message that God is real. We hope that our sacrifice, when the day comes, will be worthwhile, just like it was for Pastor Han. That's a hard story. It's a grim story. And it's a story of great hope. The ability by the power of God to stand strong. And to remember that because of Christ, we are overcomers. We can stand strong. We declare the truth of the blood of the Lamb. We use the word of our testimony by the grace of God. And, and we understand we're not holding on to life at all costs. And that needs to be a part of our life. I believe absolutely. And I believe 
That's one thing that we can pray for our brothers and sisters around the world. Remember, we can pray for them that they will hang, uh, hang in there, will hang tough in these things, knowing these truths, that they are able to stand strong. These are people who have faced lost property, loss of jobs, physical beatings, imprisonment, even loss of life. This is the International Day of Prayer, and so it would be good, I suppose, to pray for a little bit. I know we don't have a lot of time, but let me do this. I have, I think, seven different slides up here. These are things current from October. Things have happened. This is from Voice of the Martyrs. They're not the only organization. There are others that are very good at keeping you alert. Uh, Open Doors Ministry, Barnabas Aid. Um, There's some stuff out of the hub you can pick up there from Voice of the Martyrs. Please do so. But remember, and these are only going to be up here 15 seconds or so, but begin to pray. And then if you want to pray more, the the same things are out of the prayer room. But let's take a few seconds here. Let's pray for these folks. Bu'unam in India. Asgar Sahil Salihi. I don't know how to say these. Muhammad Dreza. Um, Christians have received audio Bibles. This is so much with what Beth is just talking about. These dear ones have just gotten audio Bibles in their in their heart language. Ibrahim Fruzi. Na'adir, his wife, was killed by neighbors because she's a believer. Christians in northeastern Nigeria, you probably have read about Boko Haram and the Fulani Islamic militants. So many people affected right now. In Egypt, there's a tremendous work of God going on. Here it says, new converts, they hunger for Christ. You can see there an underground Bible school. Let's pray together. Father, I want to come before you here now just, uh, first of all, remembering not only these, but dear ones around the world. You know, I've had a chance to read many, many stories the last couple of weeks. God, uh, everything from being thrown out of their homes to being ostracized from their whole community to even facing death. And yet, God, they continually want to stand firm. Their desire, what they say, they don't want to be forgotten. And they ask that we remember to pray for them. Hold them up. Not that they don't have persecution, but that they stand firm. Help them, God, to stand firm because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony 
and not holding on to life to the expense of denying you. God, help us to stand firm as well. In Christ's name, amen. So as you go through this week, I ask, as God brings them to your mind, would you pray for the dear ones around the world? And as you go, to serve and love and honor the Lord. Thank you.